This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called out of the corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back to Mariners Pod. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here. Game one is in the books. One of 162. Didn't go exactly how. The Mariners are hoping as the Mariners fall in game one of the season to the Texas Rangers. We'll detail everything that happened yesterday afternoon. We'll take a quick look at the game tonight. And also we'll talk to Matt Hicks coming up. Matt Hicks, uh, play-by-play voice for the Texas Rangers. Rangers, an interesting ball club. We'll get his perspective on the Rangers this year, especially coming off of their season last year where they went to the postseason. How do things sit this year? We'll find out from Matt Hicks in a conversation coming up. Before the M's, it was a ball game, obviously opening day, all kinds of excitement. Uh, finally, finally baseball here. And well, you couldn't have asked for a much better start. Robinson Cano in his very first at-bat of the season – he goes yard. Fastball, swing and a fly ball, deep right field, going, going. Goodbye, baseball. Robbie Cano with his first swing of the 2016 season. A line shot into the lower deck in right field. What a start, Robinson Cano. A home run, and the Mariners have a 1-0 lead here in the top of the first. And this guy is some kind of ready to get things underway. Yeah, nice start. <laughs> nice start to the season first at bat. At that point, he was on pace for like, I don't know, 550 home runs. That would have been a record. That would have been a good year. So Robinson Cano goes yard in his first at bat. Kyle Seeger, his first at bat, same result. The 1-0 to Kyle, swing and a high fly ball into right center field. Well hit, back of the ball to Shields to the one. He tracked near the wall, still going back, leaps up. Goodbye, baseball. Holy smokes, Kyle Seeger with his first swing of 2016. A home run out to the Ranger bullpen and deep right center field. Kyle Seeger, his first home run of the year. He loves hitting here at Globe Light Park in Arlington, Texas. Yeah, he does. He's always gone crazy there, and he's always battered the Texas Rangers. And Cole Hamels, who gave up two home runs against lefties all of last season, gives up two home runs to lefties within the first handful of outs he records this year. Robinson Cano, one of the two lefties that got him last year, along with Brandon Belt of the Giants, and Robinson Cano already gets Hamels this year. Seager, 
another lefty against uh, another home run against a lefty. Remember last year, and we always talk about it in terms of lefty on lefty home runs, but you just take out the lefty mix and just separate it out to home runs against lefties. Nelson Cruz and Todd Frazier had the most in baseball with 14. Kyle Seager was right behind that with 13 long balls against lefties last year and now already with one on the board as he goes solo. But Cole Hamels, well, he is the ace of the staff. He is one of the best in the business. He would really settle down after that and start to really start to hang some zeros. Meanwhile, Felix Hernandez was unhittable, literally, as the Texas Rangers were searching and looking and trying to eke out, scratch out anything. They took advantage of a couple of walks. They did end up with one big base hit and also uh, some defense that didn't help the cause either. The stretch and the pitch, swinging a ground ball to short. Marte off his glove and a run will score. They had the double play, but it hit off of Marte's glove at short. The Shields will score on the air. And the Rangers have taken a 3-2 lead here in the bottom of the fifth. All three runs on the board in the fifth inning. Felix Hernandez ended up pitching six. Mike Montgomery came out of the pen to pitch behind the King. And Montgomery making his first major league relief appearance. He looked outstanding. Montgomery's 1-2. Bins inside. Strike three called. He gets him with the curveball. Fielder with some parting words for Jim Joyce behind home plate. Montgomery in his bullpen debut strikes out the side in order. He gets Chu and Fielder looking to end the inning. This is something to watch from Montgomery. I mean, you look at him out of the bullpen, lefty, throwing. You know, he reached 95 and a half miles per hour. He was averaging a touch under 94 miles per hour with the fastball. That is pretty good stuff for a lefty out of the pen. Not to mention, he threw 19 fastballs, so relying heavily on the fastball. He threw six curves, though, five of them for strikes. Four of them were swung on, and two of them swung on and missed. So he mixed in the curve, very effective, fastball throwing with good life, good velocity. And that really bears something to watch. Of course, we have a lot of questions about the bullpen as it sits. And we'll be watching Mike Montgomery very close from the left side with that kind of stuff especially. So he pitched two innings. Felix's line is just weird when you look at it. Six innings, one hit, three runs, just one earned, five walks, and six strikeouts. This is what the King had to say about his start after the fact. Five walks. It's not good. I mean, that's not me. I was uh, I was rushing to the plate. I was up in my front side, and uh, that's why I was uh, I was missing a lot of pitches. Is that something you were battling all game? Or? All game, yeah, all game. I mean, I don't remember last time until five walks. Fifth inning, though, you go strikeout, strikeout, the end of the inning, bases low. Did you find the release point there or something? Yeah, I found a little bit. I mean, my good pitches last two batters, and then the sixth inning was better. How did you feel overall? How, how would you describe the outing? I would say uh, I was wild, but uh, when I when I get in trouble, I make good pitches. That inning, you know. 29 pitches, I think. How tough was that to just get through that thing? It was tough. I mean, it's a long inning. 29 pitches, and, um, you know, but I, I think I only 81, something like that, after five, and I was like, I'm going to go for a six. I feel good, six. 
Do, do the first board, what were you doing to just kind of scramble through that? I'm trying to, you know, I was trying to find myself, trying to find the mechanic, and then just make up bitches out of that. This is correctable, you think, though, or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, it's correctable. You know, just get ready for the next one. Is this anything you saw in the last couple of weeks, or was this just kind of opening day? Yeah, it was opening day. It's, you know, it's, it's fun here. I mean, it's loud. It's a good part to pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, but I guess I feel good. I and mean, I just got just to gotta find myself a good mechanic and just stay back a little bit more. The throw bullpen? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Who knows? Got two more days. That was Felix Hernandez after the start. What about Mike Montgomery? He was pretty pleased for good reason. Two innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, four strikeouts, 17 strikes on 27 pitches. That's exactly how you drew it up there? Uh, yeah, it was a good way to start for sure. And uh, it was exciting opening day, first opening day. And, uh, you know, it went, went well. You talked about getting routines and getting ready. Did, did that feel right today? Yeah, you know, I, I was, was a little amped up too much. And, uh, you know, I got uh, got hot a little early, and then I kind of got some time to, uh, you know, sit down a little bit. And I think I kind of slowed me down when I was a little uh, jumpy to start for sure. And, you know, first opening day, first time out of the pen. And, uh, you know, after getting uh, that second time up, I, I felt a lot better. That first out, though, you get the strikeout. Did that help you calm down a little bit? Look like your driver was pumping a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I fell behind on two-one, and then you know I came back and, and struck him out. It kind of, you know, was a calming feeling. Get the first out, and you know, I, I definitely calmed me down a little bit. Did you know you're going to go two, or when you got back in the dugout, did you let me know you were going to go back out there? Uh, he knew. He let me know when I got back in the dugout. Um, you know, they kind of told me I'm going to be used different ways this year, so kind of be ready be ready for anything and you know I kind of knew if you know if different situations I was going to be ready so how different was that for you I mean you talked about as a reliever you go out make every pitch nasty go all out was that that for you uh it, it's definitely a little different um I mean it's a lot harder to I think control your adrenaline a little bit and you know it's you got to get ready quick and you, and, you know you got to just get the guys out your face and um you know it's definitely different Mike, are you a reliever now, or are you still working on that mindset? Uh, I'm gonna, you know, whatever they want me to be. You so, know, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think. Progress, or you think you're there? Well, I mean, I think I can get the job done for sure, and you know, I, I think the mindset of it, you know, I feel comfortable now. You know, I've done it for a month now almost, so you know, I feel pretty comfortable, and I think some of those things anybody's gonna have to deal with, whether it's nerves or, you know. Uh, you know, how, how much do you need to get ready, stuff like that. So I, I feel pretty comfortable. How about bounce back? I mean, I'm not usually here tomorrow after two innings, I'm sure. But what do you, that's an adjustment after the five-day routine that you're used to for the last <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think right now I feel good. So we'll just kind of play that by ear. And, you know, I've felt like I've bounced back pretty good so far. So just kind of keep doing the same things, same routine. And, and you know, I think the thing will be good. So there was Montgomery. Again, we'll be watching that very closely, very impressive start out of the bullpen, though. Kyle Seeger, one of the errors in the fifth inning for the Mariners, also hit the home run. I, I looked over and I, you know, I saw him before I went back to the ball, and then I just basically didn't didn't stay on the ball long enough. I tried to catch and, and make a play. The, uh, the home run off of Hamels, he's not a guy that gives up a ton over the lefties. But what did you see? His fastball. Um, it was just a fastball. Um, Missed on the first fastball, and then, you know, I think off a guy like him, you, you kind of have to, you know, you got to be aggressive when you get the pitches because, you know, you don't get to too many of them. 
he, you know, the, other than those pitches, it looked like he got into a pretty decent rhythm and made his pitch. Yeah, uh, you know, well, at least to me, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't see anything else that was really good hitting at all. So he, he's, he's a really good pitcher. You know, he pitches, he moves the ball around, and obviously he's got the good stuff. So he, he's really good. Is it kind of a matter of staying aggressive with him the entire game. It looked like for all of you. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, it's it's kind of a pick your poison. You know, if you try to work counts and he goes right at you and, you know, gets ahead, then it's, you know, you're making quicker outs. You know, you can try to be aggressive, but, you know, he throws so many pitches for strikes and, you know, moves it all over the place that, you know, that's a, that's not necessarily easy either. Hey, Kyle, you played as many games probably as anyone in here behind Felix. So Felix said he didn't have it today. What did you see standard over there? Um, it's upstairs. I mean, like- uh, you know, he gave up one hit. So, I mean, that's, that's you know, if Felix is pitching and he gives up one hit, you know, we should win that game. So, we, uh, you know, he, he was fine. We, we just didn't, you know, we needed to make plays behind him. And finally, Scott's service after the ball game and a tough one to go down, a, a game where the Mariners just give up one hit. They had never previously lost a game just allowing one hit. They've lost nine games while allowing two hits. And remember a couple years ago, they beat the Astros at 2013 uh, while only having one hit. They beat the Astros, but they lose by just allowing one hit. A tough one in the Skipper's debut. That's a tough one to start with. Yeah, no no doubt. I thought, uh, you know, we just had the one bad inning. Felix kind of lost command a little bit, and, and, you know, we didn't make all the plays behind him. Um, it happens, uh, unfortunately, but you know, other than that, I thought we, we played a good ball game. Uh, our pitching was outstanding you know, all day. That's a pretty good lineup over there, and uh, really nice outing by Mike Montgomery. That was awesome to see, and, and looking forward to many more of those. Outside of that fifth inning from Felix, did you see what you wanted to see with the command, or was it just that one? Yeah, just the one inning. You know, I did got away from him a little bit, and uh, again, you know, we, we didn't help him out. We didn't play our best uh, defense that inning, but... Uh, you know, I give credit to them. You know, they, they they worked away and found that way to get to score a few runs. And uh, you know, we just uh, Hamels was good today. You know, we got a couple of balls hit hard. You know that, that we got out of the ballpark. But other than that, it was, it was tough to mount anything against him. Those are both make ball plays. You got to make both. Plays. You know, yeah, this is a major leagues, and and I think Kyle maybe got a little anxious uh, with the runner coming and, and thought he could maybe do something there. And you know, the double play ball. You know, it happens. You know, that's why we play the games, um, and, and uh, we're going to be fine. There was a lot of good things in that ball game today. You mentioned Montgomery. Does he answer any questions for you and people might have for him today? Well, he's never been a, yeah, he's never been a reliever before. You know, we liked what we saw coming out of spring training. He started to get a feel for it. Uh, I thought it was just outstanding. That's what he is. Come in, big stuff, pound the strike zone, go right after him. And, uh, you know, it was tough to see late in the game. You know, and our hitters had a tough time with it, as theirs did. But uh, Montgomery threw the ball really well. There's the skipper, Scott Service, as the Mariners fall in game one of the season, 0-1, and they'll look to turn things around tonight. Taking on the Texas Rangers, game two, Hasashi Iwakuma will take the ball for the Mariners. His first start of the season against Martin Perez. The lefty last year with Texas, 14 starts. He uh, threw 78 and two-thirds innings, walked 24, fanned 48 and those 78 and two-thirds had an ERA of 4.46. So the Mariners and Rangers game two tonight from Texas. First pitch from Texas will be at 5.05. So there you go. Mariners will try and get even on the season. Texas, a pretty interesting bunch, and we're going to break them down right now. 
as we talk to one of the play-by-play voices for the Texas Rangers, Matt Hicks. And we'll get an inside look of well, where the Rangers are at coming off of a great year last year going to the postseason. Well, now we get to visit with Matt Hicks, one of our favorites, part of the broadcast team for the Texas Rangers. Uh, Matt, before we talk about this year a little bit, the further we get away from last year, I think the more impressive the Rangers season was when you consider all the injuries last year, the tough start to track down Houston to win the division. What an amazing season by the Rangers. It really was, and I think that for a lot of people that follow the ball club, after what happened in 2014, the bar was just set so low um, that you know people really didn't know what to expect, they, but they weren't expecting much. And, uh, you know, to get off to that slow start, you know, to be 8-16 and 16 after the first 24 games and, uh, you know, people not knowing about the, you know, new manager, Jeff Bannister, and, and where this would head, you know, the expectations didn't increase at all. And then the team started playing better. But I think those of us that were around the ball club, I know I, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I know I felt just from being with the team day in and day out, I'm like, man, this is better than an 8-16 and 16 club. This is a team that can really compete. And we managed to work our way back to 500, you know, by the time that we acquired Cole Hamels. And, you know, Cole is out there saying, well, I think this team can, you know, make it to the playoffs. And a lot of people were like, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> but but we did, you know, track down Houston. And we played you know, extremely well against Houston. There were um, – you know, two series there during the uh, stretch run where we swept the Astros. One of them where, you know, we were what I think mean, maybe a game and a half behind, and then we overtook them. Um, and I think that you know, there's there's just a confidence among these guys. You know, a lot of veterans on the club, guys that have you know, have done it before, and it just I don't know, even even when we were losing early in the season, it felt like a team that could do much much better. And it really sets the table for, I think, an interesting year. This year, you mentioned expectations. You also mentioned Cole Hamels, so a full year of Cole Hamels. What are the expectations coming into this season? (laughs) Well, you know, when you go to the World Series back-to-back years in 2010 and 2011, it's a fan base that, in general, thinks that its team should, you know, be winning the World Series. Now, again, like I said, after 2014, that wasn't there. But because of the way the team rallied in the second half last year, and especially the way they played down the stretch, I think the expectation with a full year of Cole Hamels with you Darvish returning to the fold sometime in May, hopefully a fully healthy season for Derek Holland and Martin Perez uh, and all the position players can, can be fully healthy. The expectation is this is a team that will go to the World Series. Where does Ian Desmond fit into this? He was uh, an emerging star in Washington, had a tough year last year. Where's his fit with the Rangers this year, and how much do you think he can help? Well, I think he's going to help a great deal. Um, And in spring training, he played left field and center field. People were concerned about the transition from him being a shortstop where he had played for seven consecutive seasons for Washington, that it might be difficult um, and it didn't look like it was difficult at all. Now in Arizona, and you guys know this, you know, you play under a brutal sun and a high sky, so you're going to lose some fly balls, and, and Desmond was not immune to that. But uh, when conditions were ripe for getting two balls, he showed his athleticism in being, being able to track some balls down into the gap in left center, whether that was from left field or center field. And what really played up really well is his arm strength. He has got a cannon for an arm. 
he, he collected assists in both left field um, and games I saw throwing out a runner trying to go from second to home and in center field um, in, in throwing out another guy trying to score. Um, you know, I, I think that defensively for me, there are no questions. The question for me is offensively because you mentioned him not having a good year last year and he didn't, but his offensive numbers have actually trended downward ever since his 2012 all-star season. So they went down in 13, down even more in 14 and down even, you know, farther in 15. Can he reverse that trend? That's the big question. Um, one, one thing from a, a very close observer of the team in Washington told me that uh, basically in the last few years, he's just tried to pull everything. And so I thought that's what we were going to see in spring training, but in spring training, we saw a guy that could take balls back up the middle. We saw a guy that, collected hits to right center and right field. So I think if he stays with that approach of trying to hit the ball to all field, that perhaps that trend in his offensive downturn can be reversed. You know, it's funny when we talk Texas Rangers, the offense gets a lot of attention for good reason, Cole Hamels and the rotation. But I think the underrated part of the Texas Rangers is the bullpen. I thought they were tremendous last year. Not a lot of household names, but you saw it firsthand. There's a lot of live arms down there. Well, there's no question about that. And that bullpen is bolstered this year by the trade with you guys. Mm -hmm. You got Leonis Martin. We get Tom Wilhelmson in that deal. Now, unfortunately, I only saw Tom make two appearances in spring training. Over those two appearances, he threw a total of 10 pitches. So I'm not so (laughs) sure that I can, I can, I can give you a good feel for where Tom Wilhelmson is right now, but he faced four batters in those two games and got all four of them out. I think he's going to be fine. And he's certainly going to shore up, Uh, the back of that bullpen, which I don't know how much shoring it needed Mm -hmm. because we had the emerging year from the rookie Keone Kellup who throws a mid nineties fastball and, you know, liberally uh, mixes in that uh, 89 mile an hour changeup with an 85 mile an hour curveball. So he's a tough guy to hit. When we got um, Cole Hamels, we also got Jake Diekman, the lefty who hits 97 or 98 and just did a terrific job against both lefties and righties last year. Sam Dyson, who didn't really seem to have a role with the Marlins, you know, he was obtained in the second half last year, and he came in with that power sinker and was just phenomenal. I mean, his his ground ball rate was off the charts. So if if we get that Dyson, if we get that Diekman, we get the Keone Keller that we saw, we get Tom Wilhelmson's addition, the addition of two guys, one Tony Barnett, who had pitched the last six seasons for Yakult in Japan, and he was their closer last year. He looked tremendous in spring training. The emergence of Andrew Faulkner, uh, a left-hander, who looked as good as anybody, as we saw coming out of the bullpen in spring training. He got some action last year, but uh, you know wasn't a big part of the team last year. But I think he's going to be a big part of the bullpen this year. And then we're not even talking about the closer, Sean Collison, who last year had 35 saves and 37 chances. And when you talk about velocity on all of these guys, he's probably the softest tosser, you know, a fastball at, at 91 to 93 miles an hour. But, you know, he's got a really nice slider and a really nice changeup. He's been bothered this spring training by some back issues. You know, he's had a number of surgeries in the past, but, you know, he figures, you know, to start the season at the back end of the bullpen. So, you're right. It's uh, you know, it's one aspect of the game that I think the general managers around baseball, if they have a competitive team, realize that it's one thing to get to the postseason. It's another thing to be able to go all the way, and I think the Rangers have definitely improved there. Health was such a big part of the story last year for Texas and obviously overcame that to win the division. 
What's the health looking like heading into this season overall? <laughs> well, fingers crossed in Ranger camp. You know, every <laughs> everything's looking good. Um, you know, you Darvish is um, on schedule, maybe even a little bit ahead of schedule, coming back from Tommy John surgery. So the thought is, is that the earliest he would return would be mid-May, maybe the latest right around the 1st of June. But, you know, you can target that two-week period for when uh, he gets back. Uh, and other than, you know, a few little dings uh, here and there, basically, you know, everybody that uh, is expected to be on the 25-man roster, you know, looks to be healthy uh, toward the end of spring training. Chris Jimenez, our backup catcher, uh, came down with a uh, lower leg uh, ankle infection that he's still working on. You know, we dealt um, uh, Bobby Wilson to the Tigers to get Brian Holiday, who's a local product uh, from here in the Dallas area, and he went to TCU. So he'll be the backup uh, to start the season. Um, you know, still a couple of days here for the Rangers to kind of make a decision on Chris Jimenez, maybe try to get him through waivers, but uh, he is so well uh, liked in the organization. But, I mean, you know, that that that's really about it. I, I mentioned the, the, the little problems with uh, – Sean Tollison, but uh, for the most part, uh, everybody else is healthy and ready to go. How good do you think Odor is going to be? He had <laughs> ended up having a great year last year. Is he going to add to that this year? What do you think? What do you see from him this year? Yeah, I, well, I, you know, we're, we're certainly hoping he doesn't open the campaign with five weeks of a 144 average, <laughs> right. which is what he did last year. But I think that with a guy like that, as young as he is, you know, he's 22 years old, um, that he might even be 21. I should look that up. But anyway, um, he, I, I think if he plays with confidence, which is what he had when he came back from AAA last year, that that really is the key for him because he really is a gifted ball player. His size belies the fact that he can be a power hitter. Now, I'm not talking about a 30 to 40 home run guy. But he's a guy who can be at second base and legitimately hit 20 home runs, maybe 25, um, and and give you really smart heads-up play, both offensively and defensively. I think where he really, really struggled early in the season last year was in uh, his pitch selectivity. And he just wasn't very selective. When he came back, he was much more selective. Um, and then this spring, he looked very selective at the plate. Um, last year, by the time he got to the end of the season, his overall numbers, he was actually a slightly better hitter against lefty pitching than he was against righty pitching. Um, you know, his defense continues to improve, and he's just a really smart baseball guy. So I think, you know, his potential is uh, limitless as to where he can go. Well, I think it's going to be a very interesting AL West this year, and uh, we jump into it right off the bat with the Mariners and the Rangers. What's your view of the Mariners heading into this season? You know, that's a, that's a great question because <laughs> I think every year it seems like it's a almost a completely different Mariners team. And, and, you know, all of the moves that Jerry DePoto made in the offseason, it really is, you know, a different ball club. But when you have the kind of pitching like the Mariners have, um, you're always going to be in contention. So that's there as a base for the ball club. And then – you know, you know, in the bullpen, Steve Ciszek, you know, how's he going to perform? He's, you know, he's a different guy. He's a much different looking, you know, pitcher coming sidearm than most closers are. He had great, you know, he was, you know, had success as the closer in Miami. And then last year he lost it early in the season. So can he get that back from those? But, um, you know, Kyle Seeger, Ranger killer, 
the guy is just—he uh, <laughs> sees the Rangers and forget about it. He's not a 300 hitter; he's a 600 hitter. It's ridiculous. Nelson Cruz, everybody knows, you know, about him. Robinson Cano. We talked. We talked about Odor, who had a three-homer game in spring training, and I think it was the next day that Cano hit yeah. three home runs, or maybe two days after that. You know, he could have a great year. You just don't know. You know, we're kind of hoping that Leonis Martin finally lives up to expectation. I think those expectations weighed heavy on him when he was here, but he's the kind of guy that could be an emerging star. I mean, he's a terrific upgrade in the outfield for you guys. Uh, He covers so much ground. He's got a great arm. He's got an unbelievable arm out in center field. So, you know, I I think there's a big question mark hanging over the Mariners as to how good they could be. Um, And if everybody there lives up to expectation, then watch out. And finally, for the Rangers to make the postseason, to repeat and go to the postseason again, what do you think is the biggest key? What has to happen for Texas? Oh, man. This sounds just so trite, but everybody's got to stay healthy. Mm. And that that is number one on this ball club because that's what's really pulled the team down, I think, the last couple of years. You know, people forget how we had those three injuries – uh, on the first home game last year, the fifth game of the season, you know, we had Derek Holland go down, we had Shinsu Chu go down, and we had Ryan Rua go down. Okay, so there's your left fielder, your right fielder, and a guy from your starting rotation. We, we can't have that kind of thing happening. And we need to stay fully healthy, and guys really do need to perform where they're expected uh, to perform. You know, I think you mentioned Rubnet Odor. If, if he has a really truly, uh, you know, breakout kind of season, you know, that'll be big for the ball club. But I think, you know, more importantly, guys like Elvis Andrews, you know, a guy who has been a, a solid part of the team now for the last uh, seven seasons, he's got to be more of a team leader and, and, and be more of a producer on offense. Adrian Beltre has to be Adrian Beltre. And then for me in the rotation, yeah, we've got Cole Hamels and we've got Colby Lewis and you know what you're going to get from those guys. But a key for me in the rotation is the performance of Derek Holland and Martin Perez. Those guys have got to be in the rotation all season long and they have to be solid all season long for this team to make it back. Well, Matt, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. And finally, we're able to get things going for real. Can't wait. Let's go. I'm ready. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball.